man, you're, you're going to be blessed today. My good friend, uh, Don Green, is the president of Georgia Highlands College, and so he is here today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Don was here for so many years, and then um, the school just began to do so well, and, and, and I know he wouldn't like this, but no one else, I'll say it, like his leadership has made a tremendous difference in that university, and uh, it is because I think the grace of God on him and his leadership, and he's put a great team around him. The guy's an amazing thing through that college, and he might want to give you some of the stats, but at one time, I don't know what it is this year, but I think last year it was one of the fastest-growing colleges in the state of Georgia. And uh, so, man, that's amazing right there, man. Come on. Let's give him a round of applause. Would you welcome Don Green to the stage this morning? Come on, give him a big hand, would you please? There you go, man. Thank you, brother. I love you, my friend. Love God you bless too. you, bro. Thanks. God bless you, man. Good morning, Cornerstone. I have to tell you, first and foremost, I am going to be talking about following what God is saying to you and actually pursuing it. And this moment is one of those opportunities for me because I have been dreaming of having this conversation with you for about three years. Okay, first, Mary Trance, who's smack dab in the middle of the crowd today, She is a vice president of mine at Georgia Highlands, like I own her or something, right? She's a vice president of mine. That's actually her saying, buckle up, buttercup. It's going to be a bumpy ride. But that's what we're going to talk about. And we're going to talk about not just high school graduates and college graduates, but we're going to talk about all of us and what God has planned for you. And here's the thing. My intent is to just show you a pathway. God's got many different ways of getting you to where he wants you to be. If you don't believe me, you just ask any of the prophets because they all took circuitous routes to where they needed to be. I want to begin by saying thank you for letting me preach today, the week after Easter. The reason I say that is last week, across this nation, across the world, We celebrated a rescue mission. Jesus Christ came to rescue us. But my question for you is, all right, now what are you doing with it? Okay? Oh, by the way, where's Cherish? Cherish, you always are yelling the amens. I don't want them from Cherish today. I want them from everybody else. (laughs) So if you hear something that resonates, I want to hear it from you, okay? All right, that's better. All right, so, disclaimer. I am not a saint. I am a sinner. I do not stand up here today to condemn you. I cannot speak from a position of superiority. I'm just like you. I'm fallen. But... I am channeling my inner Fonda Mathis. When she tells Bill, um, God told me to tell you. Mm-hmm. So if I just get like Fonda-ish, you know why. Also, as I was thinking this month through this, I figured out I'm part Joel Osteen and part Joyce Myers. But way over on the Joyce Meyer side. And if you know what that means, 
uh-huh, I have no problem doing the Fonda thing and telling you what God told me to tell you. Okay. So, second piece, I love this church. Now, I'm going to try not to get teary, and I'm serious about that. So let me tell you a brief story. Five years ago, almost today, five years ago, Kathy and I were praying. We have a pretty simple prayer. God, if it will bless others and, and we can be blessed, then let it be your will. That's simple. So we were praying that in Michigan as I tried to figure out. <laughs> no, you're a U of M fan. I don't want to hear it, Stephen. Uh, we got our issues up in the Big Ten, too, just like you do with the SEC, okay? All right. We were praying about this move. <clears throat> Came down here. I will speak to it slightly, Jody. Georgia Highlands have been down in enrollment for three years, cut budgets for seven years. Abraham Lincoln said that great leaders need to be driven to their knees, and I truly was. So I'm going to tell you that my very first day at Georgia Highlands, a retired faculty member shows up and introduces himself and says, I would really like you to join me at church at Westside Baptist. And being brand new and living in a cheap hotel for two weeks while I figured out where I was going to live and away from my entire family because they're still up in Michigan, which, by the way, we gave it two years of that lifestyle so that Aaron could graduate from high school up there. I was feeling pretty lonely, and I was pretty excited to get into a church. And then I called my wife that night, and she said, no. I said, what? I said, I thought this, this, this gentleman you know, introduced himself, and he invited me, and it was so, no. I said, why? She said, um, I have been surfing the web, and I found a place that you need to go. You need to go to Cornerstone. And I never left. Because uh, husbands, listen to your wives. Went to these small groups, got to have so many friends. I got prayed over. Other people got prayed over. It just felt so good. Small groups, big family. That's this church. This church is not a building. This church is you. You are it. And I'm so thankful for that. So you might say, well, Don, if you've got all these nice things to say about cornerstone them, why did you leave? Well, our daughter was at Kennesaw State, and she started going to North Star. And then her boyfriend started going to North Star. And then our son started going to North Star. 17 minutes away versus 50 minutes away. And Kath and I were here by ourselves. And in fact, that family has grown. So stand up, guys. Stand up. Come on, all of you. Thank you. Kathy and I and Karen, who's sitting right there, were sitting in one row. And in front of us last Sunday, there were eight of our children. Because they're all our children, as far as I'm concerned. And we were there with our family. And that's the only reason. And you can ask Cherish and Peter and, and, and Fonda and Jody 
tore me up to leave. But you got to go where you got to go. And you know what? Here's grace. Every single of the people I just met, mentioned, they said, you got to go. You need to leave. In fact, they strongly encouraged me to leave. <laughs> now that I think about it. All right. That out of the way. Congratulations, graduates. Congratulations. Big accomplishment. And you know what you hear when you graduate? You hear, so, what are you doing next? That's a little bit what we're going to talk about today. Because God has reasons people graduate. Because he is equipping them for something bigger and better. And you need to believe that. You need to know that. You need to feel that. And you need to seek it. So for the rest of you, you might be thinking, oh, this is the message for graduates. I get to sit back and listen to a nice message and just chill. Nope. Uh-uh. This is for all of us. So I'm going to get all the rest of you engaged. So those of you that were up here, and I know there are others as well who are graduating, stand up. Stand up if you're graduating. Come on. Stand up. Stay up. Now, guys, next slide. For the rest of you, please stand up if you want to lose weight. Please stand up if you want to go back to school because you want a degree or a certification. Come on. Stand up if you have said to yourself, I want to read the entire Bible. And by the way, I'm not bragging, but I've done that twice now. It's good for you. The second time's better. Stand up if you, start, if you have, want to start contributing to or contributing more to your retirement. Stand up if you want to start a Bible study or a prayer group and you've wanted to do that. Stand up if you want to train for a 5K or if you want to eliminate your debts or if you want to make amends with that family member that you just can't stand <laughs> or if you want to eat healthier or if you want to create an emergency fund or you want to become more patient. Stand up. Here's why. Are all of these things good things for you? Is that what God wants for you? Good things? Then let me ask you, if you're not doing them, why aren't you? Because he wants to equip you completely to do whatever you need to do to pursue the kingdom. Thank you. Stand up, stay up, stay up. Don't leave me yet. Now, let's pray and get this thing started. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us opportunity. Thank you for giving us drive. Thank you for speaking to us on a regular basis and giving us the opportunity to pursue your will. And Lord, let us know it today. Bless the words of my mouth and the meditations of our heart that they might be acceptable to you and might drive us to greater things for you. Amen. So, God may be speaking to you, and God has a plan for you. In fact, God may have multiple plans. We'll talk about that. God may have plans, multiple plans for you. And I believe 
that it starts with two premises. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lead you through a couple premises. I'm going to lead you through five different steps. And then I'm going to give you a couple other pieces of advice for the end. And then we're going to talk about accepting Christ if you haven't. Premise one. Go ahead, guys. Oh, hey, good, man, good. God loves you unconditionally. Even if you have not accepted Christ, God loves you unconditionally. He loves you, and you need to know it. And one of the hardest things that you can do is accept that. But he loves you. That's just a couple of verses. They're all over the place. If you did that read the Bible in a year, just keep an eye out for how many different ways God loves you. And he wants the best for you. Premise two. You have a purpose. Now, let me be very clear with these two premises. Whether you've accepted Christ as your Savior or not, God loves you. Whether you've accepted Christ or not, God has a purpose for you. But if you haven't, he loves you, and you will meet him, but you ain't going to heaven. Man, I thought I'd get an amen out of that. Come on. He doesn't want you living your life in grief. He wants you to live a purposeful life. So premise two, you have a purpose. Before I made you in your mother's womb, I... All right, so think about this, right? You're in school and the teacher chooses you. There's usually some follow-up to that, right? Which is, I need you to... Do something. I take it then from Jeremiah 1.5, he has a purpose for you. Or he would not have chose you. For I know the plans I have for you. Here's the other thing. We'll talk about fear in a bit. I know the plans I have for you, and they are good. Right? So we believe those. All right. Next slide. I also want to be clear about this. All due respect, God doesn't need you. So if you get all like high on yourself, he does not need you. This is for your sake. God doesn't need you, but you need to pursue his purpose for you. Because he wants you to grow to fulfill your plans and his plans. And I'm going to give you five actions that you should take to begin following your purpose. So number one, dream big, pray big. Be audacious, courageous, adventurous. If you are unsure of your abilities, God does not start by looking for abilities. He looks for availability, right? Are you available? Be bold and courageous. Ask and you shall receive. Look it, look it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
I'm sure of this. Commit to the Lord whatever you will do, and he will establish it for you. You, you want Think about Zerubbabel, rebuilds the temple. Moses does a ton of stuff, right? Uh, Nehemiah rebuilds the walls of Jerusalem, where every one of them was scared. Every one of them said, I don't have any ability. Why, why, why are you picking me? Almost like, why are you picking on me? Right? And they succeeded. Not through themselves, but through God. Number two. Listen. Listen to God. When is the last time that you shut up and prayed? I say that totally respectfully because... I catch myself saying, and God, I need this, and God, I'm worried about this, and God, can you watch over this person, and God, can you, can you, can you, can you, can you? And then about two and a half years ago, I'm guessing, Jody had a sermon. Actually, had a series, but it was a sermon that caught me, that really caught me. It was about the Holy Spirit. And he said, when you're driving along all by yourself, You're not by yourself. Do you remember that? Holy Spirit's sitting in that passenger seat with you. So when you choose to salute somebody on the freeway because they're driving crazy, (laughs) do keep in mind you are not alone. Just, Just suggesting it. Graduates, in fact, young people. I wish I'd done this. Oh, I wish I'd done this. If you get the chance, get quiet and start listening to God. And get yourself a journal, just like a a book to take notes in, right? And Paul talks about those that are consuming milk. That's Christians that are relatively young and new and immature in the faith, and then those that are meat eaters, which means growing up and getting a little more faithful and kind of getting to understand it, right? So those of you that have had this experience, do you ever feel the Holy Spirit speaking to you? Do you ever feel that? I mean, stop and think about it, right? What is it? It's like, it's like a warm blanket, maybe, or it's a surge of power. It's total confidence, that where you're going and what you're doing is right, right, right? I can't remember most of those. No, I'm serious. I mean, I know they happened. I can't remember the details. And now I wish I could write down the situation and the feelings I had when those opportunities came because those were so powerful. I wish I could go back and look at them. But I felt God talking to me. I really did. Number three. Look at your life. This is why I gave you that list. Those are baby steps. Those are baby steps. But I want you to look at your life. Are you living a life that prepares you for purpose? So I was having breakfast with a congressional aide, a U.S. congressional aide, who frankly used to be kind of heavy. Okay? He was a lineman for a football team in college, and then he just never lost the weight. And he said something really profound to me. So he said... I asked him, I said, what, what 
triggered for you to lose weight, to like really get in shape. And now he plays hoops with me and he can go full court forever, right? Completely changed. I said, what did that to you? And he said, scripture. I said, tell me, tell me what you mean by that. And he said, I was born again very early, but I really didn't study the word. And when I started studying the word and really starting to live as Christ wished me to, I got discipline. And he said, you know what? Discipline leads to discipline leads to discipline. I'm disciplined in my faith. I'm disciplined in what I eat. I'm disciplined when I exercise. I'm disciplined in my finances. It works. Look at your life. Can you serve at your best when you're worrying about debts? Can you serve at your best when you're living unhealthy? I say this with the ultimate love. Can you serve a long life for God if you're smoking two packs a day? Get rid of it. Can you serve at your best when you're angry and impatient? Are you seeking to be more Christ-like? I'm not judging. Look, I've got lots of weaknesses. I'm just saying, God's pushing us to do everything we possibly can. Number four, expand your vision. This life is not your end. Check out what Paul says in Philippians. This is so true. People who have no faith in Christ, they look at life as ending when you draw your final breath on earth. For the rest of us, it's unlimited, baby. You get to keep going, right? So what does that allow us to do? Be brave. And ladies and gentlemen, I suffer this one. I worry all the time. Worry about work, worry about kids, worry about finances, worry about. I finished off the shower in our basement. I tiled the whole thing myself. I was worried about leaks. Stayed up night, one night, worrying about whether my shower was going to leak. Really? He's got water problems. Mine are minor by comparison. And I'm worrying about it. Be brave. Number five, trust God. Really trust God. If you're going to be brave, you got to do this. You've got to do this. It isn't easy. It's faith. It's not easy. It's like exercise. You want to build muscles? How do muscles, biologically, physiologically, how do muscles grow? You tear them up. That's how it works. You tear down muscle fiber and it grows back stronger. Guess what? Faith, the same way. And I will be talking about that in just a second. Okay, that's my five. Two final pieces of advice, especially for graduates. It's really for all of us. Oh, can I have the praise band come up? Because we're going to be wrapping up here in a second. Two pieces of advice. We judge ourselves by our intentions and others by what they say and do. Remember that saluting people on the freeway? 
if you don't believe me, when somebody drives past you at 95 miles an hour, you say, what do you say? They're crazy. But if you got to be someplace and you're late, oh, 95 is completely okay. Because we judge others by what they, how they act and what they say and what they do, but we judge ourselves by our intentions, right? Stop judging others. Stop judging others. Just leave that to God. Just let him do it. And second, ask for more faith. Carefully. Carefully. I say that because that exercise part I told you about, tearing you down to build you up, this year has been, this has been one of the most tumultuous years of my life as far as work and everything else. Do you know what I did? Do you know what I did over the new year? I said, God, give me more faith. And then stuff went ugly. And I, and I said, God, give me more faith. And things got harder. And then I said, God, give me more faith. And it got harder. It's not easy to do. But that's what you've got to do. Be prepared, but ask for more faith. Now with that, you may be saying, yeah, there's much more I can accomplish in my life, but, or I don't know about how Jesus really loves me, or I don't think I deserve this. You see, you don't know my behaviors, right? I hear those things. I understand it. You may be saying, you talk about a bigger picture beyond life, but I don't know what happens after death, and frankly, I'm afraid. You may say, I want to step out in faith, but how? You can begin your journey with Christ today. He loves you. He loves you so much that he became the sacrificial lamb for you. He's waiting for you. You just have to accept that he is your savior, that he died as the ultimate sacrifice for your sins. So if I could, I ask that every eye closed, every head bowed, please. If you are saying, I want this life where I know I am saved, where I am at peace with the daily challenges of life, where I live for God's purpose with both joy and peace, if you want that, Just slip your hand up right now. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Oh, I see it. I see it. Yes, I see you. Thank you, God. And even those of you who didn't slip up your hand, but you desperately want Christ's rescue and Christ's peace, this entire congregation is going to pray with you. Just repeat after me. Jesus... I know I'm a sinner. And I know you died on the cross for me. And I accept you as my Savior. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Let me live for you. I am yours and you are mine. Amen. If you said that prayer, you are born again.
best decision you have ever made in your life. Now follow the pathway. And with that, thank you for letting me fulfill one of my dreams. <laughs>